What's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have special guest, Krista Maravilla. Did I say it right? You did. Awesome. Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Can we start off with a description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there? Uh, well, I am an author, a writer, a coach, and a mentor, and I am here after quite a bit of a transformative journey through. So uh, I'm an author, creator, mentor, and wanderer. And my journey started back in 2015, 16, when I took off on a what I thought was going to be a move across country, but ended up being a nine to 10 month travel across the US. I had national parks. And throughout that entire time frame, I unraveled from the life that I lived before, um, had no creative juices in my body. So I had to get in touch with that side. In 2015, I, I had a dream that is propelling me eventually to write it. But when I sat down to write that dream, because it feels so good, I realized I was a very bad writer and wouldn't learn how to write on that dream. So in 2018, I set about uh, with this current manuscript, a book that's being released in September, and playfully named it Fabio. So I've been in a relationship with Fabio for like five years. It's been very intense. Um, I don't want to say it's, I can't say it's been all good. It's There's been some very unhealthy moments with me and Fabio, <laughs> but um, it... <laughs> It's a, a, it's it's been quite a journey to learn how to write and to also launch an author business and to continue to wander, which is something that's really important to me. Right, right, right. Now that's interesting. I almost want to dig into uh, some of this unhealthy journey that you're talking about. <laughs> oh uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> But what was the inspiration behind the actual book? Why writing? Why writing? Like, I mean, I, I can understand from my perspective. Like, I mean, I love the idea of writing a book. I actually want to write a book of my own. Mm -hmm. But what was your inspiration? Like, what was fueling you? Like, where we expect to be when we're younger versus where we are today are never really the same. I mean, I always like to say as a six-year-old, a six-year-old believes they can be a fire truck. And I don't mean the fireman. I mean the truck. Mm -hmm. I mean, somewhere along the line, we realize... When they say you can be anything you want, it doesn't include objects. And <laughs> so life ob obviously inspires us in different ways. Like what inspired me is going to be different what inspires you. What was the inspiration in the book like to do it? Uh, so to start the book, we'll, we'll go back to that dream in 2015. So I was a cre I used to write when I was in high school and then I stopped writing and I didn't have time to do it or didn't think I had the creative juices in me. And the dream initiated something within me that like, calls to be written. When, as I said, when I sat down to write it, though, it's so dynamic and it's got so much more world building and it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be an intense dream that I didn't, and it's so many characters, I didn't not want to learn how to write while, while like, because I felt like I'd butcher the dream sensation. So... The in, the inspiration for this current book was to essentially learn how to write. And when I sat down, I, I pantsed the book. Do you know what that means? Nope. Okay. So, well, most, uh, most of the drafts, I've written five drafts so far. Um, the first two drafts were off the seat of my pants. 
So I had no, um, right. that's where pantsing comes in. So I had no plot. I didn't about any of the character development because I just didn't have the skill set or the craft at that point. Um, and then as I got into a story and was really getting a little bit more foundation in draft two, uh, everything else I was able to build into the rest of the, the drafts and just make it a tighter story. So the inspiration for this story, the why of this story and why I per persisted on getting it out was more of a, so Fee is a character to me that her story almost begged to be written. Uh, it was it was this compulsion to get this portion off my docket once I sat down and developed her as a character. So there was there was this combo of yes, I need to learn how to write, and Fabio is my play job, my my play experience, and but also this other pressing need of Fee's voice. I think is. Um, pretty solid. And so I'd like to think relatable. She has a quite a bit of a traumatic history and, uh, and kind of how she views the world and tries to navigate the circumstances that she's thrown into. I think we can, is relatable. I could be wrong. Um, and so that why also was a driver for me. Got it. Got it. So with your book, even though, um, in a sense, it's like, uh, okay, I, I, I get the point that you're with the relatable part, like how, close is it to your actual life? Is it the characters representing what you went through or is this something that you thought of? Um, so the character is, is definitely a, a representative of aspects of my life, but I've worked in the mental health field for quite a long time. And so I've been exposed to and privileged to hear some really, um, traumatic experiences as well as the healing journeys to it. And so it's not necessarily all focused on that in the book, but there's there's aspects of my background that will absolutely are absolutely threaded in to this novel because of that. Got it. So yeah, okay, so it's some of the stuff you've seen, some of the things you've been through. It's kind of a mixture of everything. I got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Now, how how did you get into this? Like like you go from obviously some form of mental support to venturing on your own, like why the career shift? Uh, so for me, I think that mental health counseling is a, I think everyone should have a mental health counselor. I'll just straight, straight up say that it's glorious. Um, and we should normalize that. But as a counselor myself, I tend to have a habit of um, one, I, I prefer to have, well, I've worked the, the last four years. I'll just stick with the last four years. I worked for an insurance company. And so I was hearing a lot of really sad stories 40 hours a week, pretty, yeah, I mean, there was no other way around it. I can't say it was, it, there was just, that's all you're going to hear and making decisions based off those stories. And so Got it. it's, it can be hard as a therapist when all you hear is the negative 40 hours a week and not necessarily have that recharge uh, or healthy coping skills. For me, I was writing 20, like when I wasn't working, I was writing. And so I wasn't doing a good balance. Um, but writing is more, there's a possibility to influence people in a positive way on a grander scheme with writing than the individual therapeutic work. So, ah, so scalability in a sense. There's a, so I, I, I get it. You know what? I worked, I worked in an insurance company and I was in the um, claims thing. So I spent my, uh, even though I was in marketing. I was next to the, the claims department and all I hear is, sorry about your loss, sorry about your loss, sorry about your loss. Believe me, three months in, it got to my head. 
<laughs> so yes. I kind of understand what you meant. Like I, I was able to relate to that as you were saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it could be tough. I mean, like, and that's interesting, right? You did. Um, so you got into the book. Are you st- like, I'm, I'm assuming that you've uh, left the last career in your full-time into this now? I am. It's a risky move considering the book itself has not launched and a lot of people don't recommend that. Um, I, uh, I'll i say that I came to a point in my journey where I had to decide. One of my mottos that started back in 2015-16 was a question, do I want to thrive or do I want to wither? And when I'm, I can like break it down to very simplistic, like do I want to this, this is how simplistic I get. Getting up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., I try to do five because I'm more productive at five. But do I want to thrive by getting up at five and being all that productive and literally thriving? Or do I want to sleep an hour or two extra and I lose? I literally will wither away. That's kind of dramatic, but I won't get as much productivity and feel as good in my body and my experiences. And so I use this yes, kind of yes, no, thrive wither um, question often. And I came to a point with my job where I'd been doing this writing full time, trying to launch a business. And uh, because writing isn't just about writing, you have to actually get a web page, you have to understand all of these things. And, and for some people, uh, putting yourself out there in that way can be very triggering. And so I had a lot of fear to work through as I was getting this website or doing the branding photos or whatnot, because it just, it puts me right out of my element, um, which increases stress. Uh, Anyway, so I was relatively burnt out or I was, I was not relatively, I was burnt out um, and having a conversation with my employment to see if they would reduce my hours. And when they wouldn't, um, knowing my dreams, knowing what I was trying to do, I had to make another decision and I took a big, big risk. So no one, I do not regret at all. It's been fabulous. Right. Fear isn't a lot of things, right? Like you made the transition, you made the choice mm-hmm. at this point in time, what would you say was the uh, most challenging part of your decision? Like what was like, what's causing you the most grief and what's causing you the most, uh, you know, the most, uh, like I'm going to, pretty much ask double what's the, what's causing you the most grief and what's giving you the most joy about the decision. Hmm. Okay. So I've been working a lot of my abundance mindset just in general. And I've also had a lot of my own friends tell me, uh, this will sound weird full on, but that they'd sensed that my journey through abundance had shifted. And so essentially they'd warned me to, to be prepared to literally come down to like nothing in my bank account and then just trust that the things will come, that everything will be met. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's grief. I say that there are times where I have to remember that I'm not on a scarcity mindset and that I believe things will, uh, reflect back and I'll always have what I need. And there have been times in my life that this has been proven to me. So it's, when the fear comes on this side, I can just lean into my past experience and know that it's going to be okay. Um, and then there's the, the positive. I mean, it's so much positive to be honest. I'm a wanderer. And so I wander quite a bit right now. I'm in Spain and I'm, I would never be able to do the, the international wandering with my employment. It, 
it's opening up a very different lifestyle. I'm even the language is great. There's just so many more opportunities of growth and expansion here that I'm currently playing with that I wouldn't have the opportunity if it wasn't for leaving my job and this book. I love your uh, abundant mindset. And I believe that as well, right? I believe there's tons of abundance. And it's like, even from my own experience in life, one thing I've learned that, that even when you feel like you're in your, in your deepest thought or deepest worry, things somehow tend to work out. Sometimes you don't know how, you don't know why, it just pans out. And a lot of times I think it comes down to habits and routine and uh, like not routine as in doing the same thing over and over. That's not working. I mean, like routine as in you, uh, like you plan out your day. Like myself, I plan out three weeks in advance. And you can ask me what I'm doing three weeks at a certain hour. I could tell you. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a different thing that works for them. So typically, I mean, you said you get up at 5 a.m. and you start becoming more productive at that time between 5 and 7 by the sounds of it. I, well, I do things that take care of me, of me at that time. So I'll do my morning pages, which is a creative flow and it's a dump. And then I'll work out. And then by the time I'm done with that, or uh, like I used to meditate, not, I got out of the habit, which is horrible. I want to get the habit back in. And so like there's the morning is so powerful for really just generating that kind of energy that literally propels like clear eyed focus for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. So now you're also a wanderer, as you said, so you're going through different travels, different ventures. Now is your whole day planned out or do you have just sort of, you start off with your routine and then just kind of go where it flows at from that point? I pretty much go where it flows. Oh, I try to so it depends on what I've got going on too. Like if I'm doing a campaign, I just did a Kickstarter campaign. And then um, now we're, we're, I'm doing a, I'm launching this new book goes out live on September. So that there's a campaign for that. And so th those things might get in the flow, but my overall goal is to write as much as I possibly can and get into that right of creative space. Cause it takes me a while to like drop into it uh, and create. I'm, I don't want to say I am, I don't compare. I try not to compare, <laughs> but uh, when I hear other people write quickly and, and just, it's, it looks like it's so easy for them. Um, I'm grateful that they have that skill set because I am trying to cultivate that on my side. But right now, sometimes I can make like 3000 words and work, like literally write eight hours. That that's a full eight hour day for me. Um, which to me, it's productive, but it's, if I could write 10,000 words, it'd be even better. How? So I'm trying to like move, move through and get more, um, more of a sense of ease in the writing experience. Um, and then it, it can depend, as I said, on what, what else is going on. Got it. So you're saying the book is coming out in September. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's going to be on Amazon. It is. Got it. And then you're uh, working on promoting it, obviously. I am. I know I called the book Fabio, and that's like an internal name I've played with forever. But it's actually called Spark, a Fire and Shadow series. And it's a high fantasy novel that's pretty action-packed. So got it. I should, I should clarify that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. So yeah. Awesome. 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 Yeah. So in terms of the promoting it, right? Like, I mean, how are you promoting it? Like, are you guys like, yeah, go through the process of how you're going to try to get the book out. I was uh, going to get into it myself and make assumptions. And I thought, you know what, let's hear from you. How are you promoting it? And like, what, what is your objective and your plan for like the next 90 days to, you know, get the book out there? So the first thing I did, I'm very 
bad with social media just in general. Uh, and so I am working with somebody who's helping me create a little bit of a, a social media launch party, if you will. And so we've got this set up for the next month. And right after launch, we're going to reevaluate the progress of it and see how it's going and then pivot if need to, etc. Um, so I've got about a month, five, five weeks planned on social media done. Um, there's lots of ways that you can do advertising for your books. There's Facebook, there's Amazon ads, there's BookBub, there's, there's a plethora. So I made the decision after listening or, or like encountering this group of people in a writing conference to become a member of a group of a company called Written Word Media. What they do is they will take your book and then they'll handle your ads for you on Facebook and Amazon with their already cultivated audience base and their, their stats. And so they're going to be running my ads. Uh, I am not worried about doing ads too far in advance for the pre-orders, but we've got the first two weeks of ads set again, reevaluating, kind of seeing how it all falls out or unravels and then, and kind of pivoting from there at that point. Those are my two big ones. And then of course I'm looking to, um, just expand my, my own brand. So people like having a jumping on here with you is one of the strategies that I am doing, right. Uh, to, right, right to just get my name out there a little bit more and to introduce myself as, as a writer, the author, um, and explain about the book and the journey. Uh, I should mention, and I, this is, I, I will mention, cause this is a huge part of my social media stuff is that my journey has been hilariously bad. Um, hence you asked about unhealthy things, uh, hilariously bad. If it was like, if, I wouldn't say it was an abusive relationship because it's not true. It's kind of like when you just don't listen to your instincts or if you're just so mm -hmm. resistant to just sticking into this one goal focus and not pivoting, that's, and then, and then you get hit with all the punches because, or like I, I say, I fell down the tree and hit every branch on the way. Um, because I, <laughs> I like that. I was not listening and I was pushing and pushing and had an agenda and it didn't, it was painful. It was very painful. Um, my, so this is technically my second launch. My first launch happened in October of 2022. And this is when all, like the bad things happened. Um, all, all of them. It was, I, and would you like me to share with yeah. everybody what happened? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Because I mean, I, in all honesty, I believe that uh, no journey is straightforward up. Too many times we get into something and we think that we're just gonna drop something and pick up something and boom, we've taken off. But reality is some of the bad that happens are the key components to when the good happens, it makes it successful. And we couldn't be who we are without those experience. So I believe that getting into it will provide maybe the viewers and listeners a little bit of insight of some of the stuff that you went through so they can relate to that and go, okay, you know what? There is a, you know, the sunshine at the end of the uh, tunnel kind of thing. So I think it could help that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm a firm believer. I mean, there are permanent things in the world, but permanent, a firm believer of being authentic and transparent, and then also understanding that it doesn't all have to be permanent. So let's, let's go through the, uh, I'll go through this ex beautiful experience, which I think is really hilarious. Now I want to just mention that I am, when I get really stressed, really stressed, I can, um, and you, you 
I'm not sure if people can relate to this, but my brain kind of shuts off. So I don't entirely always comprehend all the things, right? I don't catch. I'm just trying to survive. I'm in survival mode. All right. So I want to caveat this because you guys can, they're, they're, they're parts where... I don't know, I think are control worthy. So I had draft four wrapped up on sometime at the end of August and I handed it off to my editor and she was going to give it back to me for September 14th. Now we'd, she knew that I was planning on publishing it on in October, October 11th to be exact. I went off on this really epic, beautiful journey. And when I got back, which is when she was supposed to give me back my manuscript, she sent me a message saying, I'm really late. I will get it back to you in like two days. Well, like almost a week goes by and I'm a nervous Nelly right now. I'm like, where is this? I should have it in hand. I'm trying not to like push that on anyone. And, uh, so a week goes by, I hear nothing from her. So I'm like, Hey, where's this book? And she's like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Um, I've got, I need it for two more days. I need it for two more days. I need it for two two more days and we're getting closer and closer to 10, 11. And I'm just like, dude, dude, I've got to read this whole manuscript. I've got this, this is, the manuscript's long. It was 127,000 words, I believe that I gave to her. So um, it takes time to go through all of that. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Just, you know, set it up. Thinking I had any idea how to set it up. Um, and you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Two more days, two more days two more days. And finally I was like, all right, we're not going to make 10, 11 period. There's no way we can make 10, 11, but I was dedicated to get it out in October. Cause I had made a commitment to bring it somewhere in November and I wanted hard proof in hand. This is where I should have just let it go. Should have just let it go. Um, so because I am me, I decided I should up the antics and put it as a pre-order on Amazon. Well, and then of course, Amazon does send out notices that, you know, hey, make sure you have your draft up in certain times, make sure it's the one you want out, etc. I didn't actually, it didn't stick in the brain. So I am waiting and waiting and waiting. And on 10, 11, my cousin shows up and he's like, hey, Krista, you want to go, uh, you want to go on a spontaneous road trip with me? I'm still waiting for this draft. It's like a week and a half before I actually have to upload it on Amazon. And um, I'm still getting the two days, two days kind of responses. So I decide with, with just, I literally just have my laptop with me that I'm going to go on this random road trip with him and his family. He's got two kids. So we were heading off or we uh, went to kind of a big circle from New Hampshire de- down to Kentucky, then uh, around to Colorado, then South Dakota, right? And so in South Dakota, this is Friday the 14th. We're, it's our busiest day. We've stopped for golf. <laughs> we're, we're, we went to a dinosaur museum. We're going to like Badlands, Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, all of the things. And midday, I get the manuscript back. It also happens to be the day that we start, I start driving overnight to get us because we're behind schedule to get us cross country. So I get this manuscript and I have no time to read it. Music is blaring. People are chatting, right? And I'm also highly aware I have to turn it around and try to get it to proofreaders within like 24 hours. And I'm not even sure my proofreaders can read it at this point either. So I go through and my brother has the same editor and he's like, Krista, if you just like, if you like her edits, then just, you know, 
just accept it all. You, you just like her. There's a lesson right there <laughs> to be learned. So, but I, I had no time to actually go through the manuscript and see the line by line edit. So I hit accept, hit all of the comments within the body of the editorial letter, as well as in the um, manuscript. And then also in the letter, she noted to me that my map had all sorts of things wrong with it. Of critical was two spelling errors for me. And so I emailed my map maker on the fly to be like, because of course I have to use weird names. And he was like, I can't help you. Instead, he clears out his map. I'm sure he was trying to be helpful. Um, because he was in the midst of a move, but he cleared out the entirety of the map and sent me a blank map and was just like, here you go. Kind of like, have at it. Like I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, okay. So now I have some bad news about the map and I wrap up that book edit and I send it off to proofreaders. And then I, I'm busy straight out until Tuesday morning, the day it's supposed to be uploaded onto Amazon. Okay, so this is the 17th. So I'm going through what I can. I'm really, really stressed right now because I haven't heard from my proofreaders. Um, not even, I don't think to acknowledge receipt of the manuscript. Um, I pop into one and they're like, I can't look at it until next week. I write in a program called Booksicle so I could see the other one's progress and they hadn't gone past the first chapter. So I was like, oh my God, this is gonna make it out. and. I'm just, I don't Anyway, so I popped into Facebook, into a group where I, this was allowed, and I mentioned that I was having this issue and if there was anybody who could help me. And then I work on formatting the book, and my brother helps me upload it onto, books, onto Amazon with about 20 minutes to spare, because Amazon on pre-orders has a countdown. Right. And so if you don't make it in that countdown, there's repercussions. Um, but I'm going to, you know, I wasn't paying attention to this too, too detailed because normally I operate never a cusping close to any of this. Anyway, so I get it in with 20 minutes to spare. The next morning, um, that Tuesday, I had two wonderful humans pop out of the woodwork to offer to read the book. One, I ended up paying as a proofread. And then the other was just a one, just a gift. Both of them came back to me to tell me I had critical errors in the manuscript where there was, there was literally written into the body of the manuscript. Um, you need to put this, you need to put more details here, dot, 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 or whatnot. Okay. But they I went back and there wasn't a, an actual comment attached to this. So it was just written into the body. No way for me to have tagged it as a you know, hustled my way through the manuscript. So now I'm really nervous. I fix those critical errors. I'm integrating all of the changes or, or all of the edits um, to the manuscript because the proofreader was more detailed. She's a proofread. Um, and with her, I was taking every chapter that she would send me out of the huge Word doc, uh, um, and then I was placing it into another Word doc. I was going through her line by lines. I was accepting, denying, finalizing the document. And then I was copying and pasting and putting it back in a book sickle. So it would format it for me and make the process easier. So I do what I can. We have 45% of the actual proofreaders edit done on Friday morning. And I was like, all right, I'll just upload what I can at this point and fix the critical errors. And then we'll all be good. Well, because I did the pre-order and this is, you know, read the details, um, 
if, if, anyway, read the details. I always know what you're doing. So Amazon's timer was really because they lock your account 72 hours before. So you can't upload a fresh, clean manuscript before that, or like in this now window zone of release, you're going with the manuscript that you submitted. And so, uh, uh, and then, um, I know where that's going. Oh, oh, it just keeps on, it keeps on, <laughs> keeps on going. I should mention my amazing book cover designer, Nat. She did fix the map spelling issues for me. Um, I ended up getting a brand new map for the second edition, but, um, so that was fixed. Thank her amazing soul. On Friday, I find out that I can't upload this, but the only, the only possible solution is to wait until the book is actually released and then I can upload a new version and hope by then it gets approved. And then that's the one that people with pre-orders are buying. Lucky for me, well, it's not that lucky. I, I did do pre-orders, so I had five um, supporters. I'm very grateful for them to have pre-ordered the book. Uh, but so they got they got this next draft. Like I was able to get the book up and this non-critical draft in and approved before they downloaded their books. I was so excited. So then I order an actual proof of the book and I'm, I get it that Thursday as I'm reading it on Thursday, I get to chapter five and I am mortified to discover that I didn't copy and paste all of five. So it's missing like three fourths of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it was just a bad, I didn't, anyway. So, um, I fixed that. <laughs> I get to chapter 14 and 15 and realize that my editor had done something that I just got really angry about. Like at 15, she chopped a lot. And then she, the way she'd started the paragraph didn't feel right to me. I fixed a little of it, but I had to, like, I literally stopped reading at that point because I was so angry at the book, at the whole experience, at how horrible it was. Cause I'm a, I'm trying not to be a perfectionist, but I a hundred percent lean in that direction. So I'm somebody who gets things done like a month in advance to like, just because it needs to be done and I don't want to stress about it. So this is an extremely opposite experience that I'm currently having with this book. Right. Um, and yep. anyway, so I fix the errors to the book and I upload them again to Amazon and I, I tell my poor little newsletter. I have, a, I have a newsletter list and admit my admit what had happened. So if anyone had gotten it, they could, they could come back to me and um, read the, the full chapter uh, and get the full experience of the story. And then I walked away from the book. I'm very, very, very angry. Um, in November, I had the thing I needed it for. So I did that and realized I really shouldn't have pushed the book as hard because it wouldn't have mattered just wouldn't have mattered. Um, and so I sat down and I wrote out, um, because I'm not going to pants book two. It's too complicated to, or at least for me right. to, to do that. I have to actually now carry a lot of threads, uh, or plot lines. So I have a huge sketch of where I'm going with my book two. And I forced myself to read book one. And that's when I realized that in chapter four, uh, chapter 14, I pulled out the edit. I had, Parissa had deleted like five to seven pages 
of just work, which included a scene where like I, I describe a rock and the roots of life kind of encircling it. And the rock has, has, has fissures in it and how the fee, my main character is looking at it, thinking how she's being strangled by life, like literally crushed by life's right, roots. Right. right. And then she uses this, this example throughout the rest of the book, but that whole scene was cut. So the rest of the example in my head doesn't make sense because you don't get the impact of where it actually came from the visual and how fee came to think of it. And so um, then I, and there were other little nuances throughout the book that I um, picked up that I didn't appreciate. And so I decided that I would pull the book from the market. About a hundred people had bought in the book. So I'm very grateful for the hundred people. Um, and fix chapter 14, chapter 15. I made little nuances and, and tweaks to the entirety of the story. Uh, added a new chapter and a new epilogue and then wrapped it up and am where we are right now. I walked into my Kickstarter and my book was 100% finalized before I launched the Kickstarter. <laughs> so <laughs> there was not going to be a problem with that again. Um, and that's essentially how I'm going to roll with everything that I do uh, in, in terms of books, no pre-orders, no... No yeah, of course. See, and that and that was my point, right? Like with every lesson comes a new path that works better. Mm -hmm. Look, if you were able to pull off the other one flawlessly, and even if it was minor things that you accepted, the, the risk of repeating would be there. And what ends up happening is, although that was very traumatic, there's a chance that it could have been worse and worse and, and it ends up being discouraging if things keep repeating, right? Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, you went through a massive issue but notice that now you're prepared more and you wouldn't and you, you got a sense of self-awareness there mm -hmm. and right, i would just key it is and i feel like there's a lot of authors out there that stress i know i told my story at an author conference and people were like oh i had a minor issue and i thought my stuff was bad and i was like <laughs> if my story helps you realize that you can still do what whatever the dream is that you can fall flat on your face so hard you might have you know broken some you know, bones there, it, you're, yeah, you can still get up and you can still move on forward. And it's, for me, it was just getting through the pride and the ego of it and, and the shame. Um, cause I want to provide a, an amazing product. Right. And then that whole for sure October, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, this is so <laughs> mortifying. Um, but, but if, if I can do it, you, you can do it. Like we don't have to always, it doesn't have to be perfect. It won't be perfect on the first run. Yeah, I get that. And, and that's the thing. I, I That's one thing everyone's got to learn in life. Sometimes there is a certain point where it's really good and that's enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? But uh, I was a perfectionist too. I say it was as if that stopped. But um, <laughs> we all have that in us, right? Because And it's a sign that uh, we take pride in our work. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just that we have to learn there's a certain point where, you know, it's great and it's good enough to do that. Yeah. Right. So awesome. Kudos to you for, and kudos for, you know, the big key thing is you had something that was traumatic to you and you didn't let that stop you. How many times, how many people out there and how many times has something big happened where we just shut down and say, I'm done. You didn't let that happen. You continued. You followed your dream. Like you said, you followed it. You weren't going to let something stop your dream. So kudos to you for that one. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, it goes along with that basic question I said to myself, the, the thrive or wither, right? Everything goes down to that for me. Um, and I, like some people ask me what my lessons are from it. And I think one of the most important lessons is to always remember our whys. Like when our whys become easy to push away, then it's, it, it allows us, um, when our whys aren't important enough, let me rephrase that. When our whys aren't important enough for us to go through the traumatic experiences, go through all of the obstacles and challenges to get to the other side, then then we have to reevaluate why why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, my why is pretty. It's it was very focused at that point and needed. Like I believe the book needed to be out there, and for many many reasons. And so my why was like unwavering. Um, but if we're doing it for the wrong whys, then it's easy to be wavered, and it's easy to to have ego get in the way and stop us. I have plenty of ego, but but I, it gets bashed up a bit. I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 I get that. <laughs> and I appreciate it when it does, because when I'm like bashed around, I'm like, okay, what can, what can I learn from this? How can I adjust, right, and grow and, and be more considerate or, or, or plan better or whatever the case may be? Absolutely. Now, in terms of the book, it releases... Oh, I forgot the date you said it was going to be October. September 4th. September. September 4th. You're releasing it. Okay. And okay. So you, obviously social media is going to be a big play in this. Have you considered a book tour? I haven't. Uh, I haven't even looked into it, to be honest. I'm currently in Spain. I'm not sure if you can hear those amazing church bells yeah, yeah, yeah. right behind me. Um, and so I feel, I know I could do a virtual book tour for sure. But when I think of book tours, I want, I actually want to physically tour because I love traveling. So it could be on the list. Okay. Yeah. 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 It could be right. Like, I mean, I think that's awesome. I think that's something, you know, I mean, like book signings are something a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an opportunity for people to be able to uh, interact with you and like get to know the author in person and kind of, it's not just seeing the book, but being able to see the person behind the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was asking, right? Whether it was on the plans or not. Thank you. It, it could very well. Uh, once I get back stateside, I could start doing that. Fantastic. Now to get more deeper into the book, who like I believe in like, for example, in every market, there's an ideal customer. Mm -hmm. Now I think uh, that, uh, you know, like business books have that ideal person. Like who would your ideal, like that personality type, that, you know, that the book is catered towards? I like to think of everything I probably create is catered towards younger versions of me. I know that does sound egocentric, but the, the younger me was really perfectionistic, was uh, very um, driven, persistent, faced hardships and struggled through those hardships, um, but also somebody who loves to read, who would burrow down into a their couch with maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't actually have, I do a bottle of water, but maybe tea or hot cocoa and, and are just in a reading frenzy for like a day or two that just will gobble down books. Um, somebody who enjoys fantasy novels, obviously, if it's a different genre that it's not a thriller. <laughs> um, and readers of like Sarah J Moss or uh, it's been compared to, now I personally wouldn't compare it to because I think her writing is so much better than mine, but, um, 
I think hunger games. Somebody once told me that they, they got this like feel from it. Not sure. Um, as I said, I don't think my writing, she's, she's much better than I am. You know, I want to touch upon this here, right? I'm not saying she is or isn't better than you, but I found it interesting. It's almost like how your mindset just went into that. I've got to lower my own perception of myself there. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. And my vision, and the reason I'm bringing it up, because this is my view of things, and you can tell me if you agree or not. I don't think something is better or worse than someone. I just think we have our own unique perspective on things. And sometimes it's really just putting out a little bit of who we are. I think that's beautiful. That's how I see it. And then <laughs> found it interesting right away. But now, obviously, you tell you that, that also tells everybody watching or listening what uh, inspires you, something that drives you, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, obviously... That someone, I won't say you put on a pedestal, but someone that motivates you. Yeah. Somebody I can aspire to, uh, I, can, I, I would never say write like, because our voices are different. Our stories are different. Yes. They will never be comparable. But um, I just, when there are people who have a lot more experience than I do, and their voice is more solid, and that's what I, like my craft, I want that to be elevated to a level like like them. Um yeah. And I'm a work in progress. I don't think it's that bad, personally, either. I, I actually love my book now. Um, but I thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah, because you know what? I looked at your website, and I looked at the writing there, and I'm assuming that you wrote that. Oh, yeah. All of right? It. So your writing seems very good, right? Like, I would not uh, be negative about it. Put it that way. <laughs> thank you. So, pleasure. Now, in light of time, I'm going to get down to the last couple of questions, and then I want to get into what I call the lightning round. Okay. Second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? It's how I feel. I'm a very uh, emotion, uh, emotional being, I guess you could say, but I feel good at the end of the day. Productive. I've gotten a lot. Like if my writing hits and it hits in a way in my chest, that's like, oh, I just did. Like that was a good spot right there. That's, that's a good day. Love that answer. Awesome. Now, someone looking for you or your book, where would they look? You can take a look on Amazon for my book, or you can go to my website. And my website, oh, this is kind of a fun fact. My my name is Krista Maravilla. Maravilla is, I could spell that out, or are you going to put it in, in the show notes? I'll put it in the notes. Okay, perfect. Then I won't spell it. Perfect. Maravilla translates to marvelous, which I think is a fun thing. And if you take a peek at my website, you'll see that I'm always saying, Hey, you are marvelous. Like we are marvelous. Um, so I decided to go with my two get my two given names, my Krista Maravilla, my middle name uh, in this career path, uh, because it's taken me forever to lean into the marvel of who I am. Um, that's a little side note. And I, my hope is that everybody can lean into the marvel of who they are and realize they all you have mar- you have magic in you. You just have to kind of touch into the marvelousness of you. Um, anyway, so my website will, it has a little bit of that on it, but my books, all the information on the books, all the links to Amazon right now. Uh, so that's probably the best hub. You can find me on social. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Krista Maravilla. That's amazing. And actually, it's a good story behind that. Of uh, Yeah, I like that. That's a great story. What a translation. That marvelous. I love it. I know, right? My, it was my mom's favorite grandmother's name. So it's a family name to boot. Yeah. So it's also, and it's really easy. I think it's kind of fun for me anyway, because I've actually had people who understood Spanish 
go after me to be like, who are like not understanding that's my name. Like, who are you to think you're, you're marvelous? Cause I, I'd used it as a, as an email address for a while, Krista Maravilla. And, um, and it, it, it was a great lesson or the beginning of the lessons to be like, well, who am I not to be marvelous? Let's get into the lightning round. Okay. There's going to be some, uh, few personal questions that, uh, can be fun. Like what is your favorite food and why? Mm. So this will sound bland, but cheese, all sorts of cheese. I just, I don't think I could live without cheese. Add wine and you got a great combo. I know. And then <laughs> I was thinking cheese. Nutella fueled me through my writing too. So Nutella was a big part of my writing experience. Literally, nice. I had, I had it on order, like subscribe, and I'd go through huge tubs a week. It's, it was ridiculous. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Favorite travel spot and why? Favorites are hard for me. I have a lot of places I have been that I would return back to. Uh, favorite. So like, I love hiking. So uh, I was going to say, if you can pick one place, where would it be? Like if I could say right now, free flight, you can go anywhere. What would you pick? Oh, I'd probably blank for a while like I am right now. And then, <laughs> so I'm currently in Europe. I'd probably go back to the Swiss Alps. I haven't been there in quite a few years, and I feel like wandering through there would be really lovely. Um, I would go back. Got it. Awesome. So, favorite book or podcast and or podcast? Hmm. The first book that came to mind was Atomic Habits. I listened to that a okay, little while ago, and I really enjoy, really enjoy it. Um, podcast. I like Kathy Heller's podcast. Nice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 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 You know, good choices there. Thanks. So last but not least, if you had unlimited amount of money, but you had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep what you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? 48 hours to spend. Oh, that's so tough. So there's, I am, um, I'm, I'm kind of crazy because I travel through places often, as I have said. So like there, there are times where I've driven through communities that I'm just like, I would come back here and drop 20 to 30 grand on every single person's house. I would come back to this community and see how I could um, work with them to help them transition it into one that at least appears more thriving and more stable and more, more um, bountiful and well taken care of. And that's not a reflection. Um, so those are, those are some things that I constantly think about. I uh, will definitely donate to charities. I love all animals. I just adopted a street cat here because I'm crazy, crazy. Um, <laughs> it's really, people are like, don't do it. I'm like, how can I not? This cat looks at me and he's so sweet and he's obviously been loved. And then somebody kicked him to the street. That's so mean. Um, anyway, so I'm also a huge advocate for domestic, um, well, for funding programs. Um, I was part of a coalition of domestic violence and sexual assault in New Hampshire. And so I would, I would fund places like that. I have a list of it. I would give, give of course to my family, but like, I feel like giving to the community is really where the, the magic happens. My family and I will always have magic. Exactly. So, yeah. So basically the, the, the short story would be you would, uh, invest in community development. Thank you. I'm long winded. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome though right i mean you got the details there so that was great mm -hmm. krista it's been amazing to meet you it's been amazing to have this podcast i want to say thank you likewise thank you too i really appreciate you um inviting me on 
Absolute pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for watching The John Papaloni Show.